the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We are back. It is our number two. Time flies when you're having fun. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition broadcast. Uh, moderator Andy Froyland sitting in the moderator chair, moderating in a moderate fashion, moderately so. And... We are looking forward to the year 2023 and what the Lord would have in store for us all and how we may best prepare for the year ahead. It is, after all, January. We're still in that first month. Chance for you to redeem the time, dear listener, and we are helping you to do just that. And uh, as we begin hour number two, Phil, you were, we were talking during the break that um, there, uh, there's a, a four-pronged plan, if you will, or approach to getting one's self ready for the new year. And this is something I believe has been in your life for quite a while now, right? Quite a while. When I get in a uh, slump or uh, seem like stalemate, um, Howard Hendricks taught these four principles, and so I certainly give credit to him uh, on that, and it helped me a lot. Like I said, it, I think of what Timothy said. He, he said, to discipline yourself to be godly. And it was Lloyd-Jones who said, you cannot look at anyone that God has greatly used and not find the habits of discipline. Discipline about the Word, about prayer, about service, about how they relate. But let's say you're uh, wherever you are in life. Uh, let's go through these four concepts that may help you. Uh, the first thing is objectives. Uh, what would you like to do this year? Uh, what are you planning to do? If you're planning to do nothing, you'll probably succeed. Uh, Pretty much. But if you're planning to do something, uh, let's just take a look at that. Uh, my objectives. Uh, what what areas of life do you need a plan or objectives? Well, uh, let's take uh, your health. Uh, everybody, uh, you seem to hear the most about lose 10 pounds after Christmas or uh, knock off weight and, and everything on a physical emphasis. And it's not bad advice. Uh, do you do any exercise? He said, well, uh, we just never get around to it. Well, let, let's get the objectives. Let's look at your health. Uh, let, let's look at your finances. Are you getting out of debt or going into debt? Uh, are you a slave to credit cards or have you paid them off? Uh, a plan, maybe listening to Dave Ramsey might help you. Uh, to get a plan, a purpose. Uh, you, you won't save money accidentally. 
You probably won't get out of debt accidentally. You'll have to have a plan for it. And then I would take my spiritual life, okay? Uh, and you, you appraise yourself. Uh, what are the things I need to stop? Uh, maybe the viewing, uh, the teching. Uh, you know, man, the invasions we live with by our phones and computers, it's uh, the world is right at our fingertips. Um, you need a plan. Uh, Jesus said to avoid lust, you've got to be willing to cut your hand off. He said, you've got to be able to cut off every source of watching the wrong thing. And uh, the explosion of pornography in our culture is, hey, you don't visit the brothel. The brothel visits you if you know the right address. And so what are you going to do about it? you got to make a plan. What to avoid? What? Okay, so here's this whole plethora of objectives. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, how's your marriage doing? Uh, they say the grass grows greener where you water. And uh, some of you, to look at your wife, it looks like a cactus bush. Uh, it's been so long since any water of encouragement, affirmation, kindness. Uh, hey, family relationships takes a lot of work. I've got 18 grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and I've got six daughters and great and son-in-laws. I've got family. Then I belong to a church uh, of hundreds of people. Just what am I going to do? What's my plan? And so, first of all, write down all these categories. What's your plan? Uh, if you're going to lose weight, plan. If I'm going to save money, plan. Oh, by the way, uh, are you a giver? Do you give to God's work? Uh, I, I would think that... Uh, you would get that figured out. Uh, my wife and I, we try to meet every Monday, and we both have our own ledger set, and we go over our finances every Monday together, and uh, our giving is decided, our bills are decided, because I would say to you seniors, uh, don't leave a widow that doesn't know where you are financially. What does she do if you die, sir? Uh, she needs to know. I, I bought a house uh, to put her next to a daughter because I'm getting up in years. I want her to be cared for and protected. So you start with objectives, goals, whatever you want to call it. But then here's the second part. You, you can't do everything you want to do right now, so you set priorities. And in those priorities, I'd make it A, B, C to keep it simple. Uh, you know, some things are urgent. Other things are important. Uh, a, a running over toilet is urgent, but it's not as important as your marriage. It was important maybe as your finances. And uh, what do you plan to do? What priority? Uh, I make things to-do lists. I live on them. 
when I get serious, I write it down. And uh, <clears throat> there's some of you that are plagued by being what they call open-ended. Myers-Briggs says open-endedness is a category. And uh, we're always getting ready to get ready to get ready. And we never do a thing because Proverbs says mere talk leads to poverty. Uh, Talkers get little done. They're too busy uh, talking. Uh, All leaders have a bias for action. They want to do something. And I don't know what you are, dear listener, but if you want to get it done, you've got to have a priority. What priority is it in your life? Uh, are you going? Is your marriage worth uh, investing any time in? What about your children? Uh, and I don't care. I've got children up in the fifties, uh, in the forties. I've got grandchildren. I was with a granddaughter yesterday, five months old. Is she worth any of my time? Mm. Uh, is she worth it? Uh, so you know, what is what is, so? Uh, as as we go back to God's word, then, if we are to be men and women of the Bible, are there priorities? Are there things that God helps us with when it comes to some of these priorities? Does He speak to any of this at all? Well, He does. I, I would say that uh, Jesus said in Matthew uh, six thirty three that if you seek His interests first. If you put him first in your schedule Mm. and in your planning, he'll give you these things. I'll give you provision. I'll give you peace. I'll give you promises. And I'll protect you. And that's all the things we need. Peace, protection, the sense of divine presence. Seek God first. He's at the head of all of this. In my time, and what I'm a steward over. God's given you that job. He's given you that income. And uh, uh, my, if he's not for, I'll meet with his people. Uh, I'll pray and be good to poor people. I'll be good to have-nots. Man, that has to go first. So I would put intake of his word Uh, a prayer life, and then supporting a local church. Mm. And by supporting that, I don't mean just write a check. I mean encouraging. Uh, Some of you, you crawl into church and you run out. Uh, I look up people when I go to church. I usually don't have to because being here so long, they look me up. But I used to look up the widows. Right. I I I usually was the last one here because in the olden days I would take you to dinner if you were the last person here. Yeah. Because people mattered to God. That's that's and, his bride. That's his bride. And so I think if you start out with a goal and then put God first, then these other parts of life, uh wow, you know, health, uh Family, there's plenty, but I just find out if you don't get a sense of I've got a plan, I plan to fix that broken fixture, I've got a plan 
to help that person. Right. Uh, my wife and I yesterday went to a senior's home. That's not what you do on your days off, but it is in light of eternity. Yes, it is. The woman was worth it. And so I think here's the big question on this is our third point, And we can look at that pretty soon. Yeah, we will. We'll take a quick time out and come back. We're taking a look at four ways to get your plan set in in order and in motion for the new year ahead. This is Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition. We are back after this quick time out. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition. Every fourth Friday, we get a chance to spend some time with you, hopefully encouraging you and challenging you in Christ and uh, being a small part of grace in your day as it ends. We are talking about how to prepare for the year ahead. We're looking at a four-part plan as we close out this second hour of Lifeline tonight. Now, we've Phil, we've gone over objectives and priorities and I, I that's almost circular isn't it I mean uh, in order to get the right priorities or the right objectives we need to prioritize the right objectives we're looking at yeah. because if you get them wrong they, they won't cascade the way I think the Bible reveals to us they should yeah well I think it's um uh, the book on the tyranny of the urgent. Right. That you're always doing the urgent and neglecting the important. And it's like uh, how many people neglect having the oil changed? Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, a major part of that car dysfunctions. Oh, man, it's now urgent. Yeah. It's urgent. And so let's not live out of urgency. What Let's do the important. And what is important to you? And then I think the big question is, is it important to God? Right. And, and once you get that answered, then the rest tend to fall in place. So based on this list you've given us, health, um, finances, spirituality, family, work, what would be the first in your prioritization? I would say my spiritual health. Uh, if I don't, um, you know, I forget exactly the quote, how Luther said it, that if he didn't pray for a day, you know, uh, hardly no one, no one bothered. Right. Uh, and he said, if, if I go like four days, he said the whole world will know it because <laughs> his temperament, right. his outlook, and uh, it is not anyone's business to make you happy. You make yourself happy in God. And I I would ask that with a lot of people. uh, Hey, uh, it's not my job to make you happy. Right. Why aren't you happy? Especially those who claim to know Christ and have been commanded to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Why are not more Christians happy? Yeah. And known for that. Uh, so for me, I've got to be in the Word and in prayer to stay happy. Right. Because worry, fear, life will just choke out 
that happiness. That would seem to me to be the, the, the tip of the mountaintop. If we are to let a snowball roll, it needs to start at the top. And that would make perfect sense. I, I would... I would assume just about everything else falls into place if you've got that in order, doesn't it? And if it doesn't, uh, you 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 understand and know a bit of uh, the sovereign God you serve that you'll be able to see your way through it, right? Absolutely. Well, I think it's staying happy. I I received a Christmas gift uh, from Dallas, Texas, from some friends, and it happened to be Texas pecans. Okay, some were cinnamon, others were just plain. Well, I'm eating my delicious gift pecans, (laughs) and all of a sudden I crunch, and I thought, "Uh oh, the shell still on there. It wasn't the shell, it was the filling in my tooth. Ooh. Uh, (laughs) And then when I get an emergency visit uh, to my dentist, to bide me over. She said, well, uh, I said, what should I do? She said, well, you can lose the tooth or you can uh, spend $4,000 to save it. <laughs> and I thought, I'm supposed to be happy at Christmas. <laughs> I'm not ready to gum it through life. Uh, you know, $4,000 a tooth. Exactly. And I thought, uh, you know what? God, in His grace, I thought, my God is all sufficient. He knows about old teeth and old fillings, and what big deal is it? Well, I remember a day I could have fretted a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, how am I going to pay for it? All that. But I just love the peace of God I have that, hey, this is not no big deal to God, and He's not going to make it big to me. I'll pay what I have to pay. But when you get as old and as ugly as me, you try to save your teeth. <laughs> but you see, now here's the deal, and that's the, the the sneaky little part that if you're not really listening close, you're going to miss it. But you had the ability to pay for it. Yes, yes. Your finances are in order. Yeah, that is true. Because your spiritual life is in order. Mm. So when your physical life has a crisis, you're ready for it. You know what? The spiritual thermometer, if that tank is full, if the spirit is controlling you, you don't have to panic with every ripple. And a quick little sidebar on all of this, financially speaking, I've got to ask, have you ever been able to outgive God, Phil? Have I ever been able to outgive God? Yeah. Have you, have you, have you beat him in, in the giving match? <laughs> well, you know, I started out at $1.50 a week. That's what I used to give to the Lord when I was 15. I've got my ledgers all the way back to 15. Wow. I've, I've, I want to be sure not catch God uh, lying to me. <laughs> so I've got these ledgers all the way back. And, um, no, I, Carolyn and I stagger at the amount of money we've been able to give away and never miss. 
because uh, the joy, because we were on one side. I, I just told a friend I talked to recently, a wonderful musician uh, in Southern California. He came by my house when I lived in Fresno going to seminary, and we were broke. Very. My wife made 350 a week. I'm in seminary. Got a two-year-old girl. He and his wife came by our house. We gave them our bed. And so the next day when Carolyn and I are making up the bed, I left this pillow, and he left a $20 bill. Wow. Well, in those days— That's a lot. I could feed my daughter 90 cents at a local pancake house for breakfast. Yeah. And I got breakfast for 2 bucks. So nice. you tell them we're going in the dark ages here. Yeah, yeah. And I know what it is to be broke economically. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was always afraid of money. Because I didn't want to be a crooked preacher, so I was afraid of money. Uh, and uh, no, it, it's the understatement of the you cannot outgive the. You know what? Like today, gratitude. Uh, I thank God for the house I'm in. I thank God for the men I'm sitting with. I thank God for this broadcast. I thank God for you. I thank God for uh, Craig. When you start. What are you grateful for? I thank God I could pay that bill. I sure didn't want to be spending it on fillings. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Look at what God has done for us besides promise us heaven pages along with Jesus. Pages. pages upon pages. Pages upon pages. You know, I, I, I listen to you talk, Phil, and I, I think of my, my wife, who before I met her was a single mom, three kids. And making house payments and keeping food in their bellies and sports equipment on their backs for school on a salon hairdresser salary. But faithful to give to the Lord because she knew that is something you just don't compromise on. And today we are, you know, I've always appreciated um, J.C. Penney who towards the end of his life was giving 80% of his salary. And my wife and I have taken that same approach over the last several years, and I think we're probably at about 30% of giving. Yes. But it's been a challenge we have delightfully accepted. Can we outgive God? No. <laughs> Look at, honey, we've got more this year than last year. Okay, well, we're upping it up then. And so we do. And you it, couldn't buy the health he's giving you, the you opportunities. Can't. You can't. So many opportunities have come our way. And like you, I, it would take reams of paper to jot down the blessings that God brings along with that kind of objective prioritization and commitment. And wouldn't you rather give it than need it? Oh, I, you know, if I need it, I know where to get it. And he has always been faithful. Amen, amen. We need to take a quick time out. Uh, numbers three and four in this four-part plan coming your way as soon as we get back from this break here on Lifeline. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We're back. It's Lifeline. Pastor Phil Howard and yours truly, Andy Froyland. I've just been informed by our wonderful producer, Chuck. 
who who's sitting off to the side here. You may have heard his his chuckle, Chuck's chuckle, a time or two. Um, that we didn't get to that Timothy passage you wanted to get to. So, as per our uh, producer. Uh, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's First Timothy uh, four, chapter four, verse seven. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, which I don't know what the, those tales were. Uh, you can ask my mom; she'll oh, t- okay. tell you. Okay. <laughs> Rather, train yourself to be godly, and I think uh, I. I grew up, I think, around some wonderful Christians that uh, I think spirituality tended to be more mystical than disciplined. Uh, We didn't tie it. It was, you know, revivalistic. You need power. You need to be full of the Spirit. Those kinds of things. But uh, I accidentally fell into those disciplines in my youth because uh, I saw it lived out in an, an evangelist, and I, I was challenged by it. But that daily prayer time that I spent at this uh, little local church where the pastor let me use it to pray, uh, those four years from ninth grade to 12, uh, I didn't have many bookings uh, because it was Dr. Jowett who said, I'd rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. Uh, if a man can learn to pray, he can learn to preach. And so that forming that discipline and then to begin to read the Word, uh, they, they shaped my whole framework, my outlook on life, and uh, the training— and I, I think that's what happened to me in the pastorate. Uh, I don't mean to pick on pastors, but it can be a lazy man's vocation. And you'll, you'll get away with it for a while. Uh, but soon uh, the reserves will dry up. Uh, you have to be in prayer and in the Word all the time. Uh, you you cannot lead on your own wisdom, yeah. your own knowledge. And so... I was I I was going along in school, uh, and Dr. Hendricks shared this. What are your goals? Uh, what priorities? What must you do? Uh, and then the third thing that was really hard on me was he said, "Schedule it. You won't do what you don't schedule." And that was torture to me because um, I and my former executive pastor, we both were open-ended by Myers-Briggs. We were, because we were guys that we just kept waiting for something could happen, a door could open. That's that Pentecostal background, just wanting to be led by the Spirit. I think so. I think it was a whole lot of it. And uh, and it was anticipate. Who yeah. knows? Uh, other words, do something, Lord, that's not in the bulletin. Yeah. You know, we we want something, and it was great, but it was almost torture. I, it's debilitating I a, at the same time. Well, I had a uh, a pastor friend. I used to always say, "We need to get together. Uh, we ought to have lunch." 
easy to say, I always want to get together. Right, right. And, and one day, I, I want to just just chokehold on him. He pulled out his date book and says, what day were you thinking? <laughs> and it was Steve Fernandez who oh, said that. Oh, said, you know what, Steve, get over heart. here. I'm going to just choke the daylights out of you. He said, no. He just went. <laughs> and, and that's some of you, you, you want, you, you're going to take care of your finances when. Yeah. Uh, health, when. Marriage, when. when. Oh, you want a prayer life? Yeah. When? Yeah. You're going to read the word when. Hmm. I read Ezekiel this morning, first 11 chapters, seven, let's see, 730 to 8. Okay, hang on, hang on. Pause for five seconds. We we got to wait for some of these folks to massage their toes. You're stepping hard, <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. It has to be scheduled, doesn't it? it? it if, if you don't schedule it, you don't plan to do it. Yeah, yeah. and and I think that's uh, hard on us folks that are open ended and always getting ready to get ready. And you see it in the church. Uh, uh, the culture could be uh, 20 years ahead of us, and, and we're still uh, shouting that we got an overhead projector, you know, because the other day I told a guy I would Xerox him something. Or, or something. He said, when are you going to get in this century? You know, he gave me a, such a bad time. I refuse to call him anymore. Uh, this, this takes a lot of discipline, though, doesn't it? it, it uh, but you know what? That is the fourth thing. Well, I tell you what. You hold on to that because we're going to take a quick time out and we'll come back. Because that, that, that's kind of the, the kinkpin to it all, isn't it? Yes. Discipline. So yes. we'll talk about that on the other side of this break. We do have to take a quick time out. A couple of quick reminders. You are listening to the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. Mr. Craig Roberts has been kind and gracious enough to give us that fourth Friday of the month to spend time with you. And we are excited to do just that. You can also listen to Pastor Phil Howard right here on KFAX Monday through Fridays and that is either 5.30 in the morning or 4.30 in the afternoon as well as Sundays at 8.30. You've got a, a, a plethora of opportunities to sit down and uh, well, do some koinonia fellowship with us. Mano y mano as it were. If you'd like to know more, you can visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. And uh, you'll be able to drop us an email from there. You'll be able to, if you are so led, and we would love that, you'd be able to even uh, uh, send along a donation. If you'd like to do that as well, you can do so online. And that's truthfortodayradio.org. We'd love to hear from you. Quick time out. Going to pay some bills. We're back with Lifeline. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back, Lifeline. And Pastor Phil Howard is your honorary speaker this afternoon, this evening. Uh, your honorary host, as it were. Andy Crowland here with you as well. Hi, that's me over in the corner waving at you with his thumbs in his ears. We are... <laughs> it's going to take him a moment to figure that one out, isn't it, Chuck? Wait a minute. Thumbs in... What? 
You're, yeah, okay. So we are talking about um, the year ahead of us and how to best approach this year in a godly perspective, in a victorious manner. Uh, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of our time together today, for those of you just joining us, it is our prayer. And by the way, you can come back and catch Lifeline as a podcast if you'll simply go to kfax.com. You can listen if you've missed any portion of this program. You can listen to the whole of it there at kfax.com. Go to Lifeline, click on the podcast, and bada boom, bada bing, Bob's your uncle. There we are. We are hoping to provide you with the tools necessary Necessary to get through 2023 so that at the end of 2023, you're not like everybody else in the world going, boy, I'm glad that year's over and looking forward to the next one. You'll be looking back at 2023 going, that wasn't so bad after all. That was pretty good. Yeah. And, and, and Phil, I've got to be honest, you know, while everybody else around me going, oh, glad 2022's... In honesty, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to do any weirdness here. 2022 was a pretty good year, but then I'm looking at it with spiritual glasses. I've seen what God has done in my life over the last year. I've seen what God has done in my family. And this is what we're trying to get at. Now, you, you've given us a four-part plan to help approach 2023 with a certain amount of success. That first one was get your objectives in order and get them all set up. And from there, take all those objectives that you've written down, prioritize them, figure out which one's going to mean the most to you. And we've encouraged you to start with your spirituality, get that in order. Everything else kind of cascades out of that. And then, of course, scheduling, which was, that's a challenge we were talking about in this last segment, which leads us to number four, as you wisely put, discipline. Discipline. That's the that's and that's the it, toughest of it. You've gone from hard to worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, and it works backwards. It does. You, you have to discipline yourself to keep the schedule, to meet the priorities you said. To meet the objectives. I've got to discipline myself to sit down and and write out my objectives. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I I think that uh, uh, I heard the line: the guy that's always available is usually not worth much when he is. <laughs> uh, that uh, you have to learn to say no. And uh, you take people, uh, I had to finally put my office uh, in my home because I would moved my books to different locations. But what I found out, I cannot study at a church office because it attracted people, uh, phone calls, interruptions. Uh, And so I always did my studying in my basement at home. And I have a library there. <clears throat> I could do my praying. My wife could catch the phone. Because if I didn't live a life of a certain amount of isolation for meditation, preparation of heart, uh, pouring the soul out, I was of no good when I was in public. Yeah. And so guess what? Uh, I'm a, a very strong extrovert, people person, all like that. But And a pastor's got to be with the people, but he also has got to be with God. Yes. And uh, 
uh, it was hard. It was a hard discipline because uh, you can waste so much time with just interruptions and have nothing to show for it. And uh, I think this little chart, to me, is better than just sitting down. I resolved this year to do. No, no, no. Go systematically think. What would I like to achieve this year? What priorities will I set? And then what will I schedule? And that that's the hardest part. And then, can you discipline yourself to say, we talk about dieters. Uh, right. I, I think of people that are diabetics. Hey, I am a diabetic. I have to say no to a certain amount of favorite foods to keep my blood sugar level. I, I, I have to... I have to make choices. If I eat this dessert, I can't eat this. Mm. And it's choices, choices, and discipline is choices. What What does God's Word uh, give to us as far as helping us with discipline? With discipline? Well, He um, gave you His Word. He, he gave you the pattern of others that... Jesus rose early and prayed, and I, I, uh, I have a lot of. Uh, I'm addicted to a pillow. Now that I'm retired, I can stay there. <laughs> Getting up at seven thirty is good for me. Hello, my name is Andy. It's been <laughs> four hours since my last pillow. Um. <laughs> yeah, you, you, and I, I don't know that. You use you got Paul that says, "Well, here's one." Now that you raise that question, I think of First uh, Corinthians nine and verse twenty four. Look what he says here. Oh, this! Don't get me going, Andy. You you give these questions. I've wound you up. There you go. Chapter <laughs> nine, verse twenty-four. He says, "Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize." I see that as be determined. Mm -hmm. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. And the Olympics required 10 months of strict training, uh, abstinence, food, no contact uh, with women. uh, And if you won the race and they found out you broke any of the disciplines, you were disqualified. You were disqualified. Yeah. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Watch this. No, I strike a blow to my body. It meant I bruise myself right under the eye. Mortification. Mortification. And make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And that famous saying of John Owens is, you kill sin lest it kills you. And, uh, hey, uh, do you want to win the prize? Right. And it's it's even like uh, going to seminary. I've seen guys that did the academic, that didn't do the spiritual disciplines. Prayer, waiting on God. It it is a life of discipline. (laughs) Well, there you go. 
the four the four pronged plan or approach to the year 2023 uh, lay out your objectives prioritize those objectives schedule them and be disciplined enough to do them there you go and you'll win the prize and you'll win the prize what is that prize Fruitful service. Oh, well done, good and faithful. There's discipline again. Servant. There you go. And that will bring us to the end of another edition of Lifeline. Uh, They just, they zip by. It's it's a holy cow. It is. Dear listener, we've got to tell you what a joy it is to come to you each month this way. It is a true delight and a, a sincere joy of heart that we get to spend time with you in this fashion. And we trust we'll see you again next time we get to do it next month and we'll do it all over again and hopefully spend some time encouraging you in christ once again on behalf of pastor phil our producer mr chuck over there who makes all of this possible and then of course our engineer on the other side of the glass who's pressing all those wonderful green and red buttons to make sure that you get to hear us properly thank you for spending the evening with us and until next time Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.